welcome to Red Chat. I'm your host, Katie Jane Mullen. Let's just have a casual heart-to-heart. I mean, let's be honest, who doesn't want an awkward and dorky redhead in their life? Welcome to Red Chat. I'm your host, Katie Jane Mullen. Here on Red Chat, we talk about everything from showbiz to comedy to pop culture and all things body and mind. I will be sitting down with everyone from friends to family to even some people in the public eye. So make sure you tune in every week to find out who my special guest will be. So now let's just sit back, relax, and have a casual heart to heart. So guys, thank you so much for tuning back in. This is my seventh podcast. I am so excited and I hope you've listened to all of them because they are so much fun. There's fun to record so I hope they're fun to listen to make sure you guys subscribe on iTunes and please 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 leave reviews because I need to get ranked so that I can keep doing this and then also you can check us out on SoundCloud or Google Play make sure to also go to my website which is www.katiejanemullen.com and Katie is spelled c-a-i-t-y-j-a-n-e-m-u-l-l-e-n.com for lots of information on the podcast and other things about me that you might not want to know So here on Red Chat, we love to celebrate strong, smart, funny, talented women. And my guest today is all of the above plus more. I am so excited to have you here. Can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do? Yes, I can. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Um, My name is Erin Bethay, and I'm an actress and a producer and live in Los Angeles, but today I'm here with you. I'm so excited to have (laughs) you here. Yes, she is an actress. She's a writer. She's a producer. She has a very extensive resume. She was in uh, Fireproof Kirk Cameron. She was in Facing the Giants, Amazing Love, The Heart of Christmas with Candace Cameron, and of course, her newest project, which is New Life, which we are going to touch on a bunch in this podcast so don't worry we're gonna tease it a little bit for right now but first because I'm so excited to have Erin here and I look up to her so much I just kind of want her to give us a little bit of her background and can you kind of just tell us how you kind of started getting into the performing arts yeah I mean um well I mean I think like like a lot of little girls I was obsessed with like the movie Annie when I was like two, I was singing tomorrow <laughs> at the top of my lungs. Um, and and somehow that translated into a total lack of fear for performing in front of others. Yes. <laughs> and uh, which helped me in speech classes in college a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it really sort of turned serious. I Like I was always a ham and I always loved performing, but I didn't really ever connect that it was like something people actually do for a living. Um, and get paid for it. Like right. I just thought it was fun. And uh, and in high school, my tiny little Christian high school in Albany, Georgia, started doing musicals mm-hmm. for the first time. And the first musical we ever did was Bye Bye Birdie. And I was 15, and I got cast as Rosie. Um, and my best friend played Albert. And we had so much fun. It was the most fun I'd ever had. And I remember coming out at the end and doing the company bow and just being like, man, I could do this for the rest of my life. This is the greatest feeling in the whole world. And so that just, I was bit by the theater bug at that point and just went, okay, all right, high school, here I am now, Broadway, here I come. <laughs> and you were, you were 15 at the time? 15, yeah. Wow, yeah. it hit you early. That's great. It did, it did. So then I went and got a degree in theater, which terrified my parents. Where did you go for the degree? I actually, I went to a small college called the University of Mobile. Okay. Um, I had some offers from some really incredible schools. And the more I just got to looking at it, um, there, first of all, there were just, there were such large programs. Right. And so the opportunity to actually be on stage was so small. Right. And um, and then some of the content of what they were doing, I was just really uncomfortable with. And knowing that you have to do a specific number of shows in order to get your degree, and you don't always get to choose which of those shows you get to do, and there's no guarantee you'll get to do the ones you're excited about. And it just, it kind of overwhelmed me. And I thought, you know, as an actor, I want a little control right. over once I'm a professional, I'm going to get to choose my projects. Mm-hmm. And why can't I do that on the college level too? And so I went to a smaller university that did 
wonderful show. I mean, we did My Fair Lady, we did Blythe Spirit, we did Wait Until Dark, you know, we did Joseph and the Amazing Technical and Dreamcoat. <laughs> I mean, amazing shows. And I got to do, I finished four years of college with 18 shows on my oh resume. Oh my gosh, that's the dream. So it was, it was amazing. I mean, it was like, so I got to polish it, yes, in class, but ultimately in the greatest classroom there is for actors, which is on the stage. Right. Absolutely. That's that's wonderful. And then, okay, so then eventually you went to work at Disney World. Dream come true. Which <laughs> Disney World is my all-time favorite place anywhere. <laughs> I love planning to go to Disney World. I love booking it. I love getting there. I love just every single part of Disney World. I even like the smells in the bathrooms at Disney World <laughs> because it's Disney World. So what did you do at Disney World? Because I don't want to spoil it. I want you to tell them what you did. Yeah, I, um, well, I'll tell you, it's kind of a funny story. So I'm going to, I'm to break some Disney rules oh, here. Okay, okay. Because um, you know the rules of Disney are you you're never supposed to reveal. Right, you're just friends with them. Exactly, yes. you're friends with them. But uh, <laughs> but I don't work there anymore, so they so can't okay. they you're can't fine. get mad at me. They're not gonna listen to this. <laughs> and if they are, hey, we made it to Disney. <laughs> hey, hey, Disney. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a it was kind of a humbling experience actually. I. Uh, like I said, I graduated college with 18 shows on my resume, and my ultimate goal was was Broadway. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to go the Disney route. Like rather than move to New York and compete with thousands upon thousands upon thousands of highly claimed, highly trained, you know, straight out of Yale drama or right. <laughs> whatever um, actors, I just I was like, let's go the untraditional route, and I'll go to Disney World because they have a partnership with the Actors Equity Union. Right. And I thought I'll go ahead and get in the union there and then move to New York once I have a union card and I can get into those earlier calls for for Broadway because those are those are difficult to get yes yes. so that was sort of my plan and you know it was a it's a great lesson in humility for me when uh, the equity department was like, nah, we're not, nah. And, uh, <laughs> and they said, you should, you, you know, you're, you're cute, though. You should go down the hall and do a character audition. And I thought, you know, okay, I could, I could bide my time yeah. as, a, as a Cinderella or something. Right. I mean, while who I'm wouldn't want to do that? Exactly. And, uh, and then I got a phone call from Disney offering me a full time performer job as Pluto and Eeyore. Oh, yes. <laughs> 90 degrees. Glamour. Costumes. Such Yay. glamour. Um, I was like, I have a college degree in performance, <laughs> you guys. Um, so, but I took it because ultimately, if you're a performer, you're a performer. Right. And any opportunity to hone any level of your craft mm-hmm. um, should never be taken for granted. And especially when it's an opportunity with the greatest entertainment company in the world. It's a, I mean, girl, I get you because I talked about in my first podcast, check it out, guys, um, how I was involved in a costume character company and I went to parties in not so great areas dressed as Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse <laughs> and Elmo and Barney. And I got to do some princesses too, but I don't remember the good times. I just remember the bad. But then um, I had my own company too that we had little princesses and stuff and we didn't do any mascots because I, I retired that. Because that's miserable. But yeah, but I mean, even in the Minnie Mouse costume, I was like, all right, I'm going to perform. If I have to do this, I'm going to perform. That's <laughs> so right. I'm going to be the best darn Pluto there ever exactly. was. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I did I might, that. I might have hugged you at some point you may have. as Pluto. It's true. I hugged <laughs> Paris Hilton as Eeyore. Ooh. So that was an adventure. Um, <laughs> I saw um, Ty from, uh, from, he was the carpenter on Trading Spaces and then oh, he was right. the home... Extreme home, home makeover. Yeah. I used to have the biggest crush on him. <laughs> and I was inside of a stupid character costume when I saw him. And I was like, I'm really cute under here, Ty. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I did that for just a little while and then and then got caught a really lucky break and got cast in the Fantasmic show <gasps> at my Disney. My favorite. My yes. favorite. What did you get to do and, in that? Well, most five days a week, my cast role was as the Wicked Queen from Snow White. Oh, so the fairest amazing. one of all. Oh, she was. I, first of all, I love playing villains. I yes. have like a sick fascination with playing villains, especially they're, Disney villains, because they're so over the top they're and they're wonderful. Oh, they're it's amazing. like vaudeville villains. Yes, like, they're amazing, <laughs> and they're just. And the the Wicked Queen is like, you know, Walt Disney said about her after that movie. Okay, we can never make a villain that scary again. She is so quietly. Yes terrifying yes and so she was really fun and made a lot of kids cry um, 
That's the goal. <laughs> That's the hope. That's the dream. Make the kids cry in Disney World. Um, so I, I did her, and she was just my absolute favorite. But I also, another track that I did in the show was Meg from Hercules, okay. who was super fun. because Meg she's is so, so great. She's sassy. so sassy. Yes. Love, Love her, because she's not a typical princess. And then uh, and then eventually, though, I, I got to play for a couple years. I played Mary Poppins. Okay. Which was like, uh, you know, I mean, there are a lot of girls that play Mary Poppins at Disney, so it's probably not a big deal. But for me, I was like, I'm stepping into some Julie Andrews shoes yeah. right here. This is legit. I love Mary um, Poppins. She's yeah. so sweet. So, and then, uh, and then spent four wonderful, amazing years of my life at what I think was still the best show that Disney ever had mm-hmm. and, and doesn't have anymore. They have a different version of it now. But it was Storytime with Belle. I saw that. Yes. I loved it. I loved Belle when I was little. Wonderful. Ugh, Sweet little show. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Just all the things that Disney is ultimately like on a heart level supposed to be about because their big shows are amazing and Mm -hmm. wonderful. But that show was about a character taking 20 minutes to have like a legitimate connection with a small group of kids. Yeah, it was a very intimate setting. It was right in Fantasyland, right? I think I can even picture exactly where it was coming out of the bridge from Liberty Square, right? And and just like in the shadow of Cinderella Castle and right around the corner Mm -hmm. from the teacups and... It was uh, it was a wonderful four years of just pure magic. Belle's always been my favorite character, so oh, it was a dream come true. Yeah, the, oh, I'm I'm jealous because <laughs> that is just so neat. And yeah, it's a very unique show. And now they have, um, I think it's Enchanted Tales with Belle or something like that. But it's it's in the Beast Castle because now is. they have all the you know Beast area, and which is really cool. And they have Be Our Guest Restaurant, which is one of my and favorites. the gray stuff. Yeah, it's stuff delicious. For dessert. It, it, <laughs> I well, I could talk about Disney World all day, but then <laughs> we, we will we'll get really, yeah. But I think my listeners would be like, "Okay, Katie, we've heard you rant about Disney World a hundred times, or not rant. I'm sorry, we heard you rave about Disney World a hundred times." So, yeah, okay. So, was there any hard parts to working at Disney? Um, I mean, I, yes. the The weather is certainly a challenge. Yes. and uh, I mean, that's you know, once I eventually did the story time with Belle show, it was a gift because I was just in her blue dress, mm-hmm. and it was very lightweight, yes. <laughs> and much more pleasant. But I think I think I got hired there in August of 2004, and had to do all of my training in August outside in Eeyore costume Ugh. and it, I think I dropped about 15 pounds yeah, in I the bet. first like week or two. It was it was brutal. Yeah. How it was, was it living in Orlando? Did you get to live in their apartment complexes or how did that work? No, I didn't. They uh, the apartment complexes are usually for like the college program. Oh, right. Yeah, right. kids, which is which is a really cool program it is. that they do. It's unfortunately though a lot of kids drop out of college and just stay working at Disney. And right. I'm like I have no, a few no, friends that did that. Go finish college, <laughs> yeah. finish your schooling and then Disney will always be here. <laughs> um, they are always looking to hire people. Um, but no, no, I, I, it was, it was interesting living in Orlando. I mean, Orlando is kind of is what it is because of Disney, right? Um, and so you almost kind of never got away from work. Mm-hmm. The best entertainment was at your place of employment, right? And uh, which is great because I love it. Yeah. I mean, so I, I didn't get tired of it, and now I'm spoiled because <laughs> I just, I just went to Disneyland not too long ago with my sister and had to pay to get in. I was so yeah, mad. It's not the same. <laughs> but yeah, uh, another thing too is, so you said that you were really consumed in the Disney life and all that kind of stuff, which for someone who loves Disney, that's a great thing. So did you ever have time to do any other acting things while you were in Orlando or was it strictly Disney? Yeah. I mean, I had an agent while I was there okay. and did, uh, did a couple of commercial. There's a lot of commercials okay. that shoot in Orlando. Um, but, but while I was living in Orlando, uh, that's actually when I got cast in Fireproof. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that happened, and that actually was sort of in between. I I had been in the character department and was doing Fantasmic Mm -hmm. and had not gotten the bump to anything in the equity department yet, and... Uh, then I quit my phantasmic job to go do Fireproof. Oh, wow. And left Disney completely. And while I was shooting Fireproof, Disney called me and offered me the equity job at Storytime with Belle. Wow. Okay, so, so I have to just get into Fireproof a little bit here yeah. because it is such a neat project and everything. So, But before I get into the actual project, I want to know because a lot of my listeners are 
people who want to be actors or mm. things like that. So I like to educate a little bit on here and I like to be educated myself too. So how did you kind of go about finding the audition? Was it your agent who brought you into the audition? And what was the process like to actually get into that movie? Yeah, well, Fireproof was a, it was a different beast because uh, from from any other project that I've done because, uh, I, first of all, I didn't even know that I wanted to do movies. Mm-hmm. I, I was so focused on theater and live performance and... I love movies. I love to watch them, but it it just wasn't really a dream of mine at the time to act in them. Um, And so my agent wasn't really focusing on getting that much of that type of stuff for me. They were just trying to find me some extra local work commercials money because Disney doesn't pay great. Right. Um, So we weren't weren't really focused on theatrical kind of stuff. So uh, Fireproof actually happened. It's so funny because it, it was shot in my hometown. Okay. Um, and by a church there, produced by a church there that was the church that I grew up in. Oh, wow. And it was crazy because it's this small town in Georgia that I was like, well, I want to be a professional actor and that's sure not going to happen in this small town in Georgia. <laughs> so right. I got to move somewhere else. And then sure enough, the biggest movie of my career happened in that small town <laughs> in Georgia. Um, so that was it, was, it was unique because I knew the filmmakers already and had done one line in Facing the Giants, okay. their previous movie. And so they they knew me and all that. But I think to them, I was like, I was the girl in that town that did the high school plays. Right. Like I was not a professional right. actress in, in their minds yet. And so when I came in to audition, I actually didn't intend to audition for the lead. Oh, um, okay. When I read her, I was I was 23. Okay. And she was supposed to be in her, you know, mid thirties. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's a that's a pretty large leap on film. Um, on stage, you can make that leap, but on film, that's that's tough. So, I actually went in to read for one of the little supporting, like a nurse or something. I think that she worked with at the hospital because I thought I can come up for a week from Orlando, take a week off of work, right. shoot this little part. It'll be cute. And then I read the script, and I just I, I just really liked. The role of Catherine, maybe it's the part of me that enjoys playing villains because she wasn't <laughs> always likable. I still get people who yell at me for being mean to Mike Seaver. Um, <laughs> so maybe that was what appealed. But I liked her journey. I liked that she had been hardened by something and that right. she was she her her walls had to be worn down quite a bit. And I thought that was interesting. And so I went into the audition, I read for the nurse, and I just said, I said, guys, would you just could I just just for fun? Could I read this fight scene in, in between Catherine and Caleb? And they said, "Oh, okay, fine. We know you, so sure, right. go ahead." And a couple weeks later, I get a phone call, and they were like, "We are gonna adjust the age down just a little bit, and we're gonna make it work, and we we want you to do it." And it was, I was. Honestly, it was the last thing I ever expected. It was totally unexpected. Well, I think, I mean, the biggest lesson to be learned there is just be bold. Like, you have to be bold in this business. because you have what you want. Yes, yes. I mean, gosh, that's amazing. Yeah, go in there and, I mean, you probably can't get away with that at every audition, but <laughs> it doesn't hurt to try. But, I mean, yeah, you need something that makes you recognizable because there's a million other people trying to do this, too. Yeah. So do something that stands out. Be bold. I love that. And then, okay, so you mentioned it a little bit, but who was your co-star in that? Because we have to point it out. Yes. Uh, he's a man by the name of Kirk Cameron. Yes. Some people are very familiar with him, <laughs> uh, f- particularly from Growing Pains. Right. <laughs> and uh, and now he's got all kinds of, you know, all kinds of stuff that he's he's got a whole ministry and stuff that he's doing. So, yeah, that was a big, that was a big shock to me. I had no idea. I mean, when I got cast, he wasn't, I don't think they were even talking about Kirk yet. Right. And so... Um, they called me and asked me to drive up from Orlando and they said, will you come up and read with an actor that we're having read for Caleb? And I said, sure. And, uh, I got there and they said, oh, by the way, it's Kirk Cameron. (laughs) I was like, you mean like the TV actor? (laughs) Let me fix my hair. Um, give me a minute. (laughs) Exactly. I was like, my goodness. So that was, uh, that was interesting, but I was such a huge fan of his sister. Oh my gosh. I was actually going to touch on that. I have it written down. DJ Tanner I was because if I saw fan. her in person I would be like Deej oh my gosh where's Kimmy I'd yes. be so excited yes. but you actually did a movie with her as well too didn't I you? did I did it, well, it was really funny because when I was working with Kirk 
um, I told him, and I think I may have offended him a little bit because I said, you know, I was a little bit young to be like a huge Growing Pains oh, right. fan. Yeah. Because um, there's like a generation of women just a few years above me who like had his poster on their wall right. and stuff. <laughs> and that wasn't me. And I said, but I was full house all the way. Yes. DJ Tanner for days. And so he surprised me one day in the makeup chair and he called Candace. Oh my gosh. And handed me the phone and didn't tell me who it was. And I said, hello. And when her voice came on the other, you, she has such a distinctive oh, yes. voice. Yes. And I like, tears came to my eyes oh. and I was like, I'm the biggest <laughs> dork in the entire world. So then a few years later, yeah, I, I booked a, I was working my way through the Cameron family mm-hmm. and booked a movie with Candace. And she and I still keep in touch a little bit. We uh, not much because she's, gosh, she's busy. so busy, but we tend to um, support each other on social media Good. because she gets a lot of attack on social media and, and I get some rude people on social media and we are like-minded sisters. Good. And so we <laughs> back each other up on there a lot. Deej. Yeah. She's awesome. Love her. She's a wonderful, genuine human being. Good. Yeah. Well, you kind of always get that scoop from her. I don't know. Yeah. I just get the vibe from her. I love her. Um, But yeah, so do you have any experiences on set that you can tell us about from either of those movies? Uh, from, from, I mean, obviously from, there's a million different experiences, but do you have anything, any moment or any day or shoot that just stands out in your mind from any of the previous movies like fireproof yes. or, Oh gosh. I mean, there's, there are so many. Um, I do, I do remember, uh, on, on fireproof, a particular circumstance that was really funny. It was a scene I wasn't even actually in, <laughs> but it, we had so many situations like this where like. It was just like miracles happened every day. Right. Things just sort of magically appeared. And we were shooting. There's a scene in that film where there's a, a car stuck on train tracks and there's a train coming at high speed. And so we were setting up for that. And we realized that when the tow truck had dropped the car off, they had actually put it in the wrong position near the tracks. And we needed to move it just a few feet to the left or something. And the tow truck was long gone. <laughs> We were like an hour out of town. It was going to be forever for them to get back there. And uh, we just said, man, wouldn't it be great if we just had a forklift? And this guy, we're out in the middle of the country in Georgia. This guy who lives in like the one house that is there comes walking outside of his house. And he says, what are y'all doing? Y'all, y'all making a picture out here? What do you do? You know? And uh, we said, yes, sir. And he said, what's going on? And we said, oh, we're just, we're trying to get this shot. We just got to get this car moved. He says, we all need a forklift? <laughs> we said, yes, we do. And I, five minutes later, he comes driving around on a forklift from behind his house. And just, Miracles happen. We're just like, what are the odds that the one house in like a five mile radius has a forklift <laughs> yeah, in the backyard? Not and we're your shooting right machinery. in front of it. it yeah. Like, who, oh yeah. Well, I left my forklift at home. Right. So. Right. Because we all have those in our garages. Yeah, funny circumstances. So can you give us any other behind the scenes scoop, maybe about Kurt or um, any of the other Cameron people? We know, obviously we love them so we're not gonna say anything <laughs> bad but just I mean we said that she's very genuine what about him what were yeah. your experiences like Kirk with him? is um he is a passionate person I would say he feels uh very strongly about the things that he believes in mm-hmm. and I think that's really inspiring whether whether you agree with him or not right you have to respect somebody who believes in something that strongly right um, and will fight for it and and ultimately it has cost him in his career a little bit but I think that's just how important things are to him he's really committed to his family um, has an amazing family, a, b- a whole bunch of adopted children, and they're beautiful. And he and his wife are just amazing people, and so crazy in love. Mm-hmm. Still, it's like I they're think they on met their on Growing Pains. They didn't did. They? She played his girlfriend. Aww, on Pains. So romantic. And, oh, so cute, <laughs> so cute. And uh, and they're still like honeymooners when they're t- they're just precious. So I think he's just he's a he is a very passionate person, and that is to be commended it's in this day and age it's not easy to always stand up for what you believe in right right because there's so much judgment judgment on social media and all that good stuff but it's good that you guys all support each other because that's always needed okay so I wasn't even gonna like mention this because I have it written down but I should have but you mentioned um like kind of romance on set and stuff because of Kurt and his wife but also you met your boyfriend drew waters <laughs> on a film you did correct yeah we did we we met on a film 
a couple years ago. Yeah, and and had no idea what what would come. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so then big things happened from that. And you guys, um, did you already have New Life written or did you guys write it together? No, we uh, actually on on the film that we worked on, uh, we went to dinner one night just to kind of try to. Can you get, name the film? Yes. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, sorry. It's <laughs> it's uh, the Redemption of Henry Myers. Okay. And uh, we went to. It was a great movie, by the way. If 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 folks haven't seen it, it's an 1890s period piece western. So much fun. Beautifully shot. And uh, and we have a great cast in that film. So that was <laughs> that was a really that was my most favorite to work on to date up until up until New Life. Right. Um, so anyway, we. Uh, Went to dinner one night early on just to kind of get to know each other better because we had some pretty intense emotional scenes to do and you always want to be as comfortable as possible with your with your scene partner. And he kind of told me over dinner this idea for this short film okay. that he had that at the time was called Nouvelle Vie, which means new life in French. And it was beautiful. And he just thought, you know, I've only known, he said, I've only known you for a few days, but I really feel like you have the personality to play the female lead in this in this short film idea. And the more that I just heard him talk about it, the more I was hearing that his real heart for this film was he wanted to do something that mattered. Mm-hmm. He wanted to give people hope. He wanted to impact people who were dealing with a difficult circumstance. And so I just asked him, I said, you know, so let me ask you why a short film? Because the general public doesn't watch short films. Right. I mean, they, right. they are wonderful and, and, and like shame on the general public. I know, I wish more people did because some of the greatest amazing. things I've watched are short films. Oh, but I feel like unless you're an actor or in the business, you don't even know about the short films. You don't. You know, you like, they're like a list on the Oscars that right. you fast forward to, <laughs> right. you know. It's terrible because they are, it's a wonderful medium of art and entertainment. And very often, better stories are told in 15 minutes than oh, are told in I two hours. I completely agree. Um, but just from because of hearing his heart and hearing that he wanted to impact people, I was like, well, then you got to make a movie people see. Yeah. So um, I said, you've got enough here. It was this sort of life love story. And so you've definitely got enough to flesh it out. And so he, he and I and two other writers started the journey and he and I finished it up and uh, wrote it together and it became new life. How long did it take you to write the script? I know you probably had a couple versions. and we but did. How long did it take you to get to your first version? Uh, the first version, well, the first version that, that I would call a version of the story that we were happy with. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went through a lot of versions that none of those story elements are even remotely in right. <laughs> in the final product. So the first version that actually looks like our story, New Life, um, I would say that that took a good six months. Oh, wow. Um, and, then, and then really fine-tuning it. And a lot of it was done long distance. Drew was in North Carolina working on a project. I was in Los Angeles. And we would get on Skype and write it together. And our, our two lead characters in the film are named Ben and Ava. And so it helped that it was a man and a woman mm-hmm. and that he and I were man and a woman. And we would just get on and say, okay, what's the next scene? Okay, well, Ava says this. Well, if Ava says that, Ben says this. And we would just kind of kind of flesh it out that way. So it took a while and a lot of a lot of polishing, but all, all good things take time. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I mean, it's an amazing outcome. So Thank I've you. had some sneak peeks and it's really good. So can you give us just kind of a synopsis of the story? And obviously don't spoil anything because there's a lot of good twists and turns, but just a little bit of a brief summary. Yes. Uh, so New Life follows the story of two people, Ben and Ava, who meet as children and uh, basically are lucky enough to find their soulmates at, at this young age. And it's the story of their journey together through beautiful moments in life and through some very challenging, heartbreaking, difficult moments as well. And ultimately, it's a story about how no matter your circumstances, there is uh, life has a way of handing you a new opportunity and light at the end of the tunnel. 
That's beautiful, you guys. should definitely check it out. When it comes out, do you have a release date for it? We do. It's uh, it's doing a limited theatrical release Ooh. on October the 28th. 28th of October, yes. guys. Uh, 2016? Yes. I'm guessing. Okay, yes, yes. it's coming soon this fall. Uh, new <laughs> life. So yeah, so I would gush over all of your amazing acting in it because I just thought you were fantastic, but I don't want to spoil anything, <laughs> and I don't know if I can control myself, so I'm not even going to go there. But so um, Aaron played Ava in it, and she did wonderful. But can you also name some of the other actors that were in it oh we have such a good cast in this movie oh my goodness I mean starting with Katie Jane Mullen um she is she is phenomenal I got to play Ben's secretary (laughs) it was fun it was actually a really great time and I worked with um the lead actor Jonathan yes and he I met him in the makeup trailer and I talked about this on one of my podcasts um that I went in there and he just made me feel so comfortable because I was obviously like so nervous and so he made me feel comfortable he joked with me and we didn't even talk about the movie it just was like a normal conversation so um so yeah so give some shout outs to some of the other actors yeah so yeah you talked about Jonathan Patrick Moore he Mm -hmm. is phenomenal I if if people out there don't know about him yet look him up this guy is about to become the next like Ryan Gosling there's gonna be hey girl (laughs) memes with Jonathan Patrick Moore on them and he's Um, Australian girl he's an Aussie and in this film he does a British accent so it's just just like there's just like goodness coming out all over the place and he's just genuinely the nicest human being um so he's amazing does a phenomenal job in this film and then we also had just an incredible supporting cast of characters um, Terry O'Quinn, yes. who most people know as John Locke from Lost, uh, amazing guy. And James Marsters, who a lot of, he's got a huge fan base from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes, I have to give a little shout out to Mary Bird Matern. Um, she asked me last night, she's like, can you get an autograph for me? Because she is the biggest fan of him. So oh. so yeah, she, she was head over heels that I was getting to meet him. And actually, I have a little story about him. When I was on set, um, I was sitting in, I don't know, a break room or something, and he was sitting there talking to me the whole time, and I didn't know who he was because <laughs> I had never watched Buffy before. Right. And so I didn't really know who he was, but he just was genuine, and he was talking about pizza. Like, that's all he was talking about. And I was like, oh, okay. And I thought he was, like, part of the crew. I didn't I didn't know who he was because he was so just laid back. And then all of a sudden someone comes in there like, um, James, we need um your, you on set. And I was like, wait who is this and I so I google him as soon as he walks out of the room and I'm like oh my gosh I was sitting here talking I didn't even know who he was but yeah so if that doesn't show what a genuine person he is then I don't know what does because I would have never known he is who he is he's awesome and he has a man he's got a very uh, uh activatable fan base they there are some ladies who just adore him yes. and he he adores them right back i mean he he's does. so lovely to his oh, fans he's so genuine yeah yeah uh and then we've got i mean bill cobbs who is like i think has the best face in show business yes and uh, he's you know you guys would know him from night at the museum and that thing you do and uh, t- i mean a billion other hollywood projects and barry corbin from uh, modern family and no country for old men and dallas and that he was my boyfriend's favorite part of the movie because he just plays a hilarious character (laughs) he's so funny he's just he's the best grumpy old man on the planet yes he plays it well yes very uh, well and then we have irma p hall too okay who's fantastic she's from the lady killers Mm -hmm. uh, with tom hanks and a, a whole bunch of other other backdraft and a bunch of other films. So yeah, we've got a great like cast of like veteran Hollywood television and film actors. Yes, and then we actually um, are they they filmed New Life in Winona Lake for part of it or most of it was yeah it, it was about I it? mean about ninety five percent yeah it. and so they got to use a lot of locals from here which was very cool and Grammy who was on podcast number six is in the movie <laughs> so make sure you check her out she's gonna be famous soon guys Gram- Grammy was very resistant <laughs> she, to being on camera she was, but I'll she tell did you so good she, she had was, such a great part she was a natural and she was hilarious and it just was it was so Grammy. It just was Grammy. So it was great. So yeah, so she got to have her little cameo appearance. It was very cute. And there was just a lot of other people from town. They used a lot of really prime locations in Winona. Um, Shout out to Cerulean Restaurant. They got to mention that. And they actually catered a little event we had last night. So we got to have Cerulean cater. And then they got mentioned in the movie. Such good food. So good. (laughs) And that's right here in the village. Um, And guys, let me just inform you. If you don't know 
what Winona Lake is. It is where The Bachelor is from, Ben Higgins. So some of my audience is like, you know, that generation or that genre. So Winona Lake is where Ben Higgins, The Bachelor, lives. And now New Life has been filmed here. And so we're putting Winona back on the map. Basically, I'm going to say Winona Lake is the new center of romance. It is. Like it used to be Paris. I like that. I like that. And now it's Winona Lake. It's where romance happens. It does. It's new life, new bachelorettes. (laughs) So perfect. Okay, so um, was there any moments on set for new life that just stand out? I mean, obviously there had to be so many. Many, but is there any prominent one? Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, well, there are some, but I will have to like do a second podcast right. after the movie comes out, right. and that way they won't be spoiled. So we don't spoil, yes. Um, but I do remember. I remember one one day in particular that was really just hilarious, and it was scary at the time. But looking back on it, it was really funny. Where we were shooting a scene outside where. Uh, my character Ava gives her husband Ben this very special birthday gift uh, because of everything that they've been through. She wants to celebrate and and make it really special. And so we're outside shooting it and it's this really sweet scene, but it was very complicated because there was a lot of moving around and walking around. And so we had all the cameras going and lights moving and all this stuff. And all of a sudden this call comes over the radio that's like, uh, guys, we're going to have a tornado probably blow through here in about five minutes. So if we could wrap this tape up as quickly as possible. And so we're just like, Oh, well, okay, we'll just keep acting then till you guys say say cut. And it, I mean, we literally, we said the last line of the scene and everybody was like, go, go, go. And I mean, even Jonathan and I, we're like grabbing equipment <laughs> and everybody's just running as fast as they can back across the little canal that we were at to the, the shelter that we could go to. And it just, whoosh, I mean, the sky exploded. Oh my goodness. It almost turned into a whole different movie. <laughs> Twister too. I, I know, right? I'm like, we could have had an action sequence in here <laughs> we didn't even we didn't even have to pay for it we could have just had it um, and it was like it was crazy I mean it destroyed some of our equipment and it was it was bonkers but what's hilarious is like when you watch the movie you will never know like, oh no I could never have guessed yeah. that it was about to be a twister you would never know it was it was so scary movie the sky magic, was like guys. bright green movie it was magic <laughs> well perfect okay so you you wrote new life as well uh, with Drew Waters, which we should mention, Drew, I guess. He's the best. <laughs> he is the best. And he's done a couple things. You guys may have seen him a little bit on Breaking Bad, Friday Night Lights. What else? Oh, gosh. Uh, he did a film a few years ago that he was the star of called The Ultimate Life. Oh, yes. That I think is awesome. Uh, he just recently did an episode of uh, Bones. Ooh. And, uh, and did an NCIS, the new, the spinoff of NCIS okay. that okay. went to New Orleans. He did the episode that transitioned them to New Orleans. So. Very cool. So he's a very yeah. cool guy. And he directed New Life. He did. This so is he's a man of many talents. directorial debut. Ooh. Yes. Big very deal. Cool. And he, he did an amazing job. Just, uh, he has a, a natural knack for it. He's a very talented actor. Mm-hmm. But man, I, I just think he's he's a great director. He's very passionate and has very clear vision. Yes. That and, is something I was going to mention. He yeah. definitely knows what he's looking for. But he knows how to get it out of the actors without telling them exactly what to do. So it's, I think it's a very neat way he does it. It's a great way because it challenges you as an actor to try to meet, try to meet that expectation Mm -hmm. um, and try to interpret it a little bit uh, because man, you know, I mean, I've worked with directors who want to line read you. They're just say the line with exactly this inflection on this word. And that just leaves me no space a, for my own point of view and my creativity, but also, no, it doesn't challenge me at all right. as an actor. Why Why would I want to do that? And yeah. he has a great way of challenging you. Oh, that's wonderful. So can you kind of give some of the social media where they could, like, follow New Life stuff and all of that? Oh, absolutely. Okay, good. Because <laughs> we're trying to make New Life trend right now. We are trying to make New Life trend, yes. We want people talking about this film. It's coming out on October 28th, and we want as much buzz about it over the next five months as we can possibly get because right now it's a limited theatrical release, but the more buzz we get, the more theaters we get to go into. Yes. So that's what we're trying to do. So you can head to our website. It's newlifethemovie.com. Uh, and that's got all of our social links on it. But specifically, you can go to facebook.com slash newlifethemovie, or you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat. And our handles on there are newlife underscore movie. 
Okay, perfect. So we are going to take a little break and all of those websites and handles and everything that she mentioned, they will be on the blog. So if you guys want to find them there, you can. But we're gonna take a little break and then we will be back with Erin. So we will talk to you guys soon. Welcome back to Red Chat. I am your host, Katie Jane Mullen. And before the break, we were talking with Erin, and she was talking about her new movie, which is New Life, and we're promoting it. So once again, can you just give all the social media handles so people can find it? Yes, I can. Uh, so our website is newlifethemovie.com, or you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash newlifethemovie, or on Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat. We are newlife underscore movie. Perfect. Thank you so much. You guys should definitely check it out. It was filmed right here where we are in Winona Lake. And it is a beautiful movie with lots of amazing actors that you mentioned before the break. And just an amazing story that I don't want to spoil anything because there's some crazy twists. And just it, it shows the real roller coaster of a life. It's just it's so good. So you guys should definitely check it out. It was directed by Drew Waters, who is also fantastic. So yeah, so we were talking about Erin's career, her very successful career that I am so, <laughs> I admire so much. It is so neat. And um, so I just want to know, do you have any tips that you could give anyone who's trying to be in this profession? Um, number one, train. Train. Uh, I think there, it's one of my pet peeves. There are a lot of actors who are trying to make a name for themselves just on social media or trying to get a following. And unfortunately, Hollywood is playing that game right now too, where <laughs> you don't really have to be talented as long as you have a million followers. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that is not, uh, the key. If you want to actually act as a career, yes, that's not the key. Right. If you want to be famous for a minute, that could work. Yes. But uh, but if you want to be Meryl Streep or or you know Dustin Hoffman or any of these guys who have been in this business pretty much their entire lives and are still carrying movies, mm-hmm. um, that's that's not how it's done. So yeah. train, train, train. Yes, you have to actually put in the work. I mean, people don't understand that it's a hustle. I mean, you have to get out there and you have to promote yourself. You have to hustle. You have to keep at your craft because I mean I've been taking acting classes and stuff like that since I was little I just recently got back from the New York Film Academy and I did some things over in London with the Stratford or Oxford Shakespeare Company and then um stuff like that but it's just first of all it's fun to take theater classes and things it is not like a math class no it's so (laughs) much fun you meet the number one thing that I love about acting classes is you are around people who love doing what you love doing so it's a constant like uh, I don't know a constant I don't know the word I can't think of what the word is but it's just great to be around people who love what you love and you get to constantly have conversations about it and you get to do it and it's just great and you should never stop acting like it's just I I had in my film class one of the main things I got out of it was they told me because I said, you know, auditions are obviously scary. They can be very scary. Horrible. They said, don't look at them as that. Look at it as an opportunity to act. All yep. you're doing is going in there and you get to act. It's practice. It is. And that's <laughs> that's how I look at it now. And I'm like, so, you know, whatever. It's it's way less intimidating if you just think of it as you're getting to do what you I love. Got, I got to act today. Yeah, exactly. How great was that? Exactly. <laughs> so, okay, so what other kind – I know you went to college for yes. acting. Um, yes. But then did you ever take any other classes when you were little? Uh, not, not when I was little. I really, um, cause like I said, I didn't, I didn't mainly think about in, like, high it. School. Yeah. When I was little, I just like, I wanted to be like a veterinarian, right? <laughs> but, but not, I didn't want to put animals down. I just wanted to play with them all day. Well, yeah. I mean, who, I don't know yeah. if that, I don't know if there's a specific <laughs> veterinary practice that does that. If yes. there is, I would still be interested <laughs> in the position. Um, but no, but, but even since, I mean, since college, it's, it's been a constant, uh, constant training ground. And, and the training is like, sometimes it's acting classes. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes it's honing my business skills because ultimately that's the other side of being an actor is that you are, you, um, it's irresponsible to think of it as being just an artist. Oh yes. I completely Um, agree. You are your own business. You are your own, you are a commodity. Mm -hmm. You are the thing you are selling. And therefore, you have to figure out how to market your product to the consumer 
which is casting directors. Yes. <laughs> so you figure out how to package and market and make your product appealing to the consumer and and constantly trying to improve yes. your product. So speaking of the product and everything, do you ever find yourself being typecast or do you have a type that you're going for in the business? Yeah, I um yeah, I I do. I think I I think I am typecast a lot, but I think it's it's a lot from from fireproof. I mean, obviously anything faith or inspirational mm-hmm. is is kind of what I get offered. Um, haven't gotten offered a chance to play like a serial killer or anything yet. You did play the evil queen at Disney. No, right? So. See, I could pull it off. <laughs> you totally could. Damn, that that chick wanted that girl's heart. Like that was some <laughs> That's dark stuff. Dark, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Cynical. So I know. So actually, I did a movie with Sean Astin a few years ago, and he told me that he was like, "You just need to play like a crazy psychopath serial killer, so that you get out of this whole like." girl next door, all American, (laughs) whatever. But ultimately, I I think two things. I think if you get the ability to play a range of things, like what a gift, Mm -hmm. what a gift. If if you get to have a career like Christian Bale and, you know, or or Meryl Streep and play every character under the sun, what a gift. But on the other hand, there's also, I mean, there is nothing wrong, and you are an equally talented actor if you are Meg Ryan mm-hmm. and you are the adorable romantic love that interest. That just means you perfected what you do. Exactly. I mean, Julia Roberts is wonderful, loud, cackling, <laughs> charming Julia Roberts yes. in in every movie. But there are she has packaged that product so well mm-hmm. and and it does not make her any less interesting or any less talented so i think i think you have to figure out what works for you for some people they are a character actor and they're a chameleon and they can be stanley tucci and do anything in the world and for other people you have a very specific brand that works and that's what you need to perfect and that's what you need to hone and and work it I love that. Yeah. So inspirational. Okay. So do you have, okay. So we actually, we talked about this before, but I just want you to touch on it again. Do you have a preference between theater or film at this point? Yeah. I, um, I think my answer to this is usually I compare it to a relationship. See, this is what I was hoping you would do because <laughs> I loved your answer before. So Thank I'm excited. You. Um, so theater is my first love. It's the thing that gave me butterflies in my stomach. It it was that feeling of falling in love and that, you know, that when you just want to be around that person all the time and you can't even think of anything else, that's, that's what I get with live performance. Uh, whether it's musical theater or a straight play, doesn't matter. Just that feeling, there's no other feeling like it in the world for me. However, um, film work, on-camera work, feels safe. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like home to me. And I felt that way the first time I ever sat down in front of a camera. I had way less nerves, way less butterflies than I ever had on stage. And it's more who I want to be married to. Right. <laughs> so if I can have a solid marriage relationship with film, but every now and then go have an affair with my first love. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then that's that's the perfect story. I love that though because it is so true. I think that is like the greatest way to illustrate what it is. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to ask you this and it may be a really, really hard question, but I just want you to think. So let's say you were offered a major movie role mm-hmm. or a chance to be on Broadway. Oh which would you gosh. go for? Um, I mean, the ideal world would be you'd schedule it that you could do both. Yes. But let's say you yeah, had to I pick. would have my manager make a call. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, uh, honestly, uh, I think that although the movie role would be amazing, mm-hmm. um, the opportunity to do Broadway is so rare. Yes. Uh, there are so many more people in the world who've starred in a movie in a major movie um, than have ever done a done a run on Broadway. And that there can't be a feeling in the world like you're opening night on Broadway. On Broadway. Oh, <laughs> like I get dream. a little I get a little crazy thinking about it. So yeah, I, I think the opportunity to to do that on the greatest stages 
in the world would uh, would be very difficult to turn down. Movies movies come along all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. I was hoping that'd be your answer because that was going to be my answer too. Um, okay, so is you there- hear that, Broadway? Katie yeah. and I want to come. <laughs> Please just let us try. Um, we would be good. We, we promise. promise. We'll do it good. We'll do it justice. Um, is there any Hectors that inspired you along the way? Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm sure there's so many. There are so many. Um, I, I think I take inspiration from different aspects of different people. Um, I love Laura Linney's vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Uh, she feels dangerous on screen, and I like I like that about her. I love Amy Adams' quiet confidence on screen. Um, of course, Meryl Streep, who's not human; she's made <laughs> of witchcraft and magic, <laughs> and uh, she's the most daring. Bolt. She dives into a role with such fearlessness that you see so many actors restrain. Um, I think that's she's a brave. She's mm-hmm. a brave actress. Um, and and then there are actors too who who inspire me. I mean, Kevin Spacey taught me that you can have an entire career based on people loving to hate you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, Stanley Tucci has this gentility about him that he brings to every role a little bit, almost a little bit of femininity, even to his strongest roles that make him uh, really complex on screen. Um, Christian Bale is another one that's like, I know he's an insane person, but he is fearless. Versatile. Oh, he's so (laughs) fearless. He just approaches a role with boldness and doesn't question himself. And I think that's something that as actors we do all the time. Should I do it like this? Or should I say it like this? Or what? And we've forgotten that all you're doing is playing a human. Right. Right. And and we don't do that in our lives. We don't question how to phrase a sentence. We just say the sentence. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it's so easy to forget that when you're acting and, and watching actors who do that, who can let it go and uh and just be as human as possible is so inspirational gosh yeah <laughs> well wonderful well thank you so much Erin for being thank here you. I really had so much fun and I learned a lot oh so guys you. please 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 check out the new life Twitter handles and website and Instagram and follow them on Snapchat because I'm sure there's lots of fun stuff happening on there yes. and then also check out their website which is newlifethemovie.com and also Erin can you just pimp yourself out now i just want <laughs> people to know where they can find you where they can keep up with you and all that good stuff should i should i market my product now? yes um, yes <laughs> this is your yeah. pitch i uh, yeah, know <laughs> uh yeah i'm on i'm on all the social media platforms username is the same it's all at erin buffet facebook.com could you spell it too? oh yes it's e-r-i-n-b-e-t-h-e-a mm-hmm. um so find me on there i'm i'm i love social media i i get a kick out of it but i but I don't take haters. <laughs> yeah, be nice, guys. Be nice. We like positivity. Yes. There's enough negativity in the world. Exactly. And then you can um, find more information about Red Chat on www.katiejanemullen.com. It's C-A-I-T-Y-J-A-N-E-M-U-L-L-E-N.com. You can also find us on Facebook, which is just Red Chat on Facebook. And um, you'll find lots of information about the upcoming guests, um, about Aaron for this podcast, and about previous podcasts as well. So make sure to to also go and check out Wash Dry Fold at Chicago Street Theater in Valparaiso, Indiana. It closes June 4th, but you can still get tickets at chicagostreet.org. And then also go check out Wagon Wheel's YouTube channel because I am hosting their web series for this summer. Wagon Wheel is a professional musical theater located in Warsaw, Indiana, and they do absolutely amazing shows. Their first one is Beauty and the Beast, which opens the 1st of June. So then, yeah, so go check that out. And thank you so much, Erin, for being here and we will talk to you guys soon.